Hi, I'm Victor. And I'm Allegra. And we want to welcome you to Simply Investing. We're two mates in our 20s who have learned a thing or two in our young careers. Definitely from making lots of mistakes. And our mission is to simplify investing and give you the knowledge and confidence to kickstart your investment journey. Before we start, a quick reminder that nothing we say is financial advice. Rather, for educational purposes only. We are not financial advisors and everybody should invest according to their own circumstances. Hey guys, welcome back to another uh, episode at Simply Investing. And today we've got a bit of a special episode. We're here with Soph and Maddie from the You're In Good Company podcast. So welcome guys. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks so much for having us. Awesome. Very excited to be here. Um, no, thank you so much. And we've got, you know, kind of uh, a couple of questions we wanted to ask you um, to help our viewers get to know you guys a little bit better and that what you guys are all about. Um, obviously, yourselves is your podcast. But um, Sophie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and kind of what your background is, how you got started and, you know, anything else that you want the viewers to know? Yeah, so hi, listeners. I'm Sophie. <laughs> I'm one of the co-hosts of You're In Good Company. Maddie and I always laugh when people ask to um, give a little bit of detail about ourselves because we're very much doing the same thing. Oh, God, 26 now, working in M&A, have this investing podcast. Um, I guess I kind of got into investing because I was very much influenced by my partner a couple of years ago. Him and his friends were all investing and he was like a bit confused to why, you know, me and my friends weren't doing it as well. So he kind of pushed me along. to do that and the first stock that I ever bought um, by his guidance was Afterpay and we always say never to take stock picks or stock tips from anyone but I obviously trusted him and he had done his due diligence Um, and that stock did very well and so I thought I was like this investing whiz, this investing genius which is just not the case but it really kind of like pushed me along to get started and start talking about I guess how exciting investing is. Yeah, I kind of remember when I picked my first stock and every time you pick a stock that goes up, you feel like you're almost in the (laughs) shoes of Warren Buffett and you're like, yes, I can do this. And then you pick a couple of losers and then it brings you back down to earth. I'm like, nah, maybe not. But no, that's fantastic. (laughs) I don't know. I'm yet to meet someone who's can confidently tell me that they've picked every stock correctly. So anyone who tells me that they're, Every single stock in their portfolio is in the green. I'm like, you're lying to me. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Definitely. So, goodness. A friend once said to me, if so, anyone's acting like too good of an investor, then you should really be wondering why they're still in their jobs. And I thought that was a very good anecdote because it's so true. Like you think people are really good and you think people know all their stuff and then, you know, they're still going to work every day. So how good can they really be? Not good. No, 100%. And um how about yourself, Maddie? Um, tell us a bit about how you got started and kind of your, um, you know, your investment journey and your thesis. Yeah, so I started investing for the first time, um, I guess, just before I started full-time work or as I sort of started full-time work. I knew I was going to have a really regular salary coming in um, and I wanted to make sure that I was sort of setting myself up. So I started listening to podcasts and doing a bit more research and my younger brother um, actually started at around the same time as I did. And, you know, like Sophie sort of had said that she had her partner, I just found it so helpful having someone that I could 
go-to, ask all my silly questions, bounce ideas off because I think when you start investing, like it is just, it's so foreign. It's a whole new world. And I think the experience that both Soph and I had, I guess, is sort of what inspired the podcast because so many of our friends that we spoke to, you know, the reason why they weren't investing was just they didn't, they didn't know how, they didn't know where to start, they didn't know what to do. It was quite daunting. And we had found that, you know, if you had someone to go through it with, it really, really changed the experience. And I guess we wanted to be able to recreate that for all of our friends and beyond. And I guess just really quickly, um, I know that you kind of both said that, I don't know if you did money, but you invested in Afterpay. Um, and I guess when you guys started out, obviously you had your partner helping you and he kind of, you know, guided you to invest in Afterpay, which would have been a great investment. But in terms of when you got started, were you more passively investing in ETFs or were you individual stock picking? Yeah, so I did invest in Afterpay, but safe to say oh, a lot later than Sophie did. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely not my first investment. Um, when I started, I bought a couple of ETFs. Yeah. So I think I bought like an Australian really broad ETF and I bought a gold ETF as well. Um, and I've chatted about this on our podcast a couple of times that I invested for the first time, like literally, I think 10 days before the stock market crashed due to COVID. So <laughs> put a bit of money in and then really got tested straight away. And I was really yeah. sitting there being like, remember, they said that it's going to go up and down. And like, yeah, it's just hold it up. And like, it's going to be yeah. fun. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that was like a great lesson early on, really, is to, just you know I guess to force myself to get comfortable with that and to know that you know it will go up and down and then I mean we're quite lucky in that the market rebounded pretty quickly and pretty strongly after that so yeah yeah did you continue buying throughout COVID or you just (laughs) were a bit traumatized and just sat back no I really like I set myself up with a bit of a plan or an investing strategy before I started which was to try and put money in once a month and you know especially with COVID I had a I was living at home with my parents at the time so I had a bit more disposable income than I normally would have so I stuck to my strategy and kept investing sort of monthly throughout that period and I mean it's definitely paid off now because I was able to sort of average in when the market was lower um, as as it went up yeah definitely that's awesome it sounds like you guys kind of both got started around perhaps even the same time that we did like a couple of you know, years back. And I think it's never been easier to invest now with the platform mm, and the different so lucky. onboarding, you know, investment vehicles available. I remember when I started, I'm, I think I started when I was 18, I picked my first stock, which hasn't done well, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, like I remember going through Comsec and even putting in like $2,000 in a trade, the brokerage fee was like $10 or $20. Yeah. $20, yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Now you have all these platforms where you're able to invest in Aussie stocks, US stocks, mm. even a couple of other international markets at a very, very low brokerage fee, which is so fantastic. But, um, but no, absolutely. And much lower minimums too. Like you can now trade right. with really small amounts. And yeah, it's awesome. The game's definitely really changed, or not the game, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, <laughs> the situation has really changed over the last couple of years. And it's definitely, yeah. definitely for the better. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess on that, I mean, you know, obviously you've probably learned a lot and you continue to stock pick and you're investing in ETFs and whatever. Um, and I think you both said you're kind of a bit into crypto as well. So yes. is that a recent thing or? 
Yeah, I think the crypto is definitely more a recent thing. I wish that we were, you know, in 2008 jumping on the bandwagon and buying <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin then when it was <laughs> next to nothing. Um, but I think through the podcast, you know, we had a lot of demand from our listeners to learn about crypto. And the best thing about the podcast is that we're kind of on the journey with everyone. So crypto was a new and foreign thing to us as well. And Maddie and I are very much about investing what you know. And through those conversations, we really started learning about what it was, doing our own research. And then I think both of us bought Bitcoin, like the high of like 80,000 Australian dollars. But the same thing has happened in terms of the dollar cost averaging in. And dollar cost averaging is just for anyone that listening that doesn't know is just buying at regular intervals. Um, At the moment, over the past couple of months, I've been putting money in fortnightly into some of my cryptocurrencies and now I'm finally seeing a profit because I've stuck to the strategy like Maddie said, which I said I was going to do originally and it kind of evens out that purchase price. Yeah. Yeah, good. And I think we probably talk to our listeners the same and just, you know, the whole dollar cost averaging thing is so important because like um, you said, Maddie, it's a bit daunting when you put a huge amount in and then, for example, the market crashes from COVID. Um, I think a lot of people kind of get deterred from investing um, and just automatically kind of write it off and say that they're bad at it. But I think yeah. that's why, yeah. Dollars. Or they panic sell, you know. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I, think, testing. I think if you have conviction to buy something at its high or at a, at a higher price or just at whatever price, if you have the conviction to buy it then, you should have the same conviction to buy it at a low price. Otherwise, you shouldn't be buying it at all. Yep. I think that's the hard thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes it's more psychological than not. I mean, I myself, I've been mm-hmm. in the crypto, wouldn't call it a game, but sometimes it really can feel that way with all the drawdowns and the swings. But I've invested in crypto since early last year, um, even before that. So it's something that I kind of moved away from stocks a couple of years ago and started focusing my attention to crypto because it was more interesting and yeah. it was kind of the hot new thing. And I felt like, well, now I understand a lot more than stocks, which is why don't really dabble and pick stocks anymore you know well not no longer i was never good at it to begin with so it's just mainly you know sitting in those you know broad-based etfs and and then every kind of you know additional dollar from the paycheck just goes into cryptocurrencies but no that's fantastic pivot a little bit girls and talk about the you're in good company podcast so obviously you know we are big fans of your podcast we follow you guys and we have kind of looked at everything that you did really cool that you guys are at canva by the way i would love to meet you <laughs> at some point but same <laughs> i guess i missed my invite but no <laughs> fair enough um so maybe maddie if you want to talk to us about how you got started with the podcast what you guys are all about Yeah, for sure. So I guess the podcast probably started out as a bit of a COVID project. Um, The Equity Mates guys who we work with, they were leaving their jobs and taking their podcast full time and wanting to really expand sort of Equity Mates network. And they put a call out in their Facebook group and I'd sort of been following them for for a while now and really getting most of, I think, or almost all of my investing information and learnings through them. So I was at this stage where I was trying to read more of the AFR and like really expand my knowledge both for work and investing and I think I got in touch saying like 
thinking that maybe I could get paid to read the AFR and do some research for them and that would be a good, like, side business in COVID. And then, yeah, and then I got on a call with the guys and we just started chatting about, like, do I invest and do my friends invest? And I was like, I do, but my friends don't and it's so annoying and I really, you know, and Mm. they sort of just said that because at the time their audience was a little bit more male-skewed by having, like, nature of having two guy hosts and they sort of said that, you know, they wanted to be able to sort of recreate or do something quite similar to what they do, but with female hosts and really sort of open up that space um, with true female voices. So I gave Soph a call and to tell you it was a very long-winded call because I was quite nervous to ask. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> 45 minutes been, later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always, like, Soph and I knew each other since year seven I think and she we'd always kind of joked or I had anyway I don't know if she felt the same but I'd always joke that if I was going to go into business with someone it would be so because she's so hard working and I can trust her oh good um <laughs> so yeah I gave Soph a call and I kind of told her about the idea and thank god she was keen and it sort of went from there and do you think that obviously you're both female hosts do you think that you do have a larger female audience or would that still be, you know, largely um, men? I think we definitely have both. We do have both um, in terms of our audience. But, I mean, I think the really incredible thing about having two female voices is that we bring in our experience, which can't necessarily be tapped into when you do have the two male hosts. I think that it's very much that we can bring more females into this space. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Have your friends started investing now or they're still not on board? (laughs) Yeah, no, they have. Oh, good. <laughs> I feel like all of them got FOMO. They're like, wait, yeah. everyone's doing it. I need it. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And, you know, it's so funny because I think, you know, not – I think more with females, but it even comes down to people talking about things like their salaries. And I know yeah. that that for some people is like such a taboo subject, yeah. but I personally think it's something that as females, but then as also men, things like investing and like saving and all that kind of stuff – should be talked about, but I feel like mm. a lot of people, and I don't know if you, you know, feel the same, but I think a lot of women as well, it's kind of like such a, a secret almost, and we don't talk about it. Whereas I think things like how much you're saving, what you're investing in stuff should be things that you talk about kind of with your friends to kind of help and encourage each other, but it's just really not. So a hundred percent. I think the coolest and the most helpful thing that I've experienced out of doing the podcast is that I feel like people now know that I'm someone that they can talk to about this because I'm obviously out there and like actively interested in this space. And the conversations that I've had and the things that I've learned just from having people like having that open conversation has been huge. It's been really, really cool. And I think that's something that I'm trying to replicate in my friendship groups and things like that so much more now. It's just like so weird how taboo all of this stuff has been historically when really probably the biggest learnings come from just chatting with our mates about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to lend the male perspective, um, (laughs) no, in some ways, I think it's not just restricted to a girls and guys thing. I think for me, sometimes it really depends on the mates I talk to, but not every one of my mates would openly share their salaries or what they're invested in. It's very something that is kind of kept to heart by some people. I mean, for me, obviously, I don't mind talking about, you know, my job and, and numbers and, you know, 
Luckily, I got in the cryptocurrencies early. So, you know, maybe that's probably why I'm not too afraid to talk about it. Had it gone the other way, maybe not. But I mean, yeah, for me, like, I think it really depends on the person. And I guess, uh, I guess simply investing, we want to kind of make it less taboo. And we want to openly talk about kind of, you know, investing and how you can get started and helping people. Because I think this is might be a personal opinion. If you're not really invested in the market, you're going to fall further and further and further behind. Like all the chips and the odds are stacked against you. At least that's how I feel with currency debasement and quantitative easing and interest rates and inflation. Like you, you have to own assets. And the sad reality is a lot of people, I guess our age, um, because I think we're kind of similar ages, just haven't really made the jump to get started. And they don't know how easy really yeah. or simple it is. Um, to you know, get started and to get invested. So Fnac played a little game on one of our episodes, and it was like, which is quicker to invest in Airbnb or to book an Airbnb to go on holidays? And yeah. it was so if you so if you invested in Airbnb quicker than I could find one to book, and I think. You know, once you have a small amount of knowledge that sort of sets you up to get you started, it yeah, it's really not hard at all. And I think trying to sort of communicate that to our audience has been has been really valuable. Yeah, good. And I guess, you know, you both said you kind of had an investment plan or you do have an investment plan in place. I guess how does that look, you know, over the next I'll say three years. I mean, is the aim to stay in stocks or are you trying to move into property? Um, I don't know, you know, Maddie, if you want to kind of comment on that first. Yeah, so I think I've been building up my investment portfolio with the approach of like I predominantly invest in ETFs and then um, I have a small sort of portion of my portfolio where I guess I invest in individual stocks and I use that to really like follow my interests. Um, and keep myself engaged. I personally really enjoy researching companies, researching trends, and I guess learning more about different industries through investing. Um, And I think that's probably the strategy I'm going to continue going forward. I think probably in the long term, I would love to be able to, you know, use some of my portfolio to help me buy my first home. Um, but for me at the moment, that is still quite a long-term goal. So, you know, we'll see if and when that happens, I might be able to, um, yeah, use my portfolio to help with that. But definitely just focusing on building my wealth through through the share market at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And yourself, Sophie? Yeah, I feel like my strategy changes like year on year. I will often reassess like what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, I think when I first started out, I was a bit opposite to Maddie. I just bought into a lot of individual stocks. I was really interested in research. I had a very high risk tolerance. I think it's lessened a little bit as I'm starting to get a bit older. Um, And now I'm buying into more ETFs and kind of the passive investments as well. Um, You know, I've got all sorts of different goals, which will tailor how my investment portfolio looks like. So if you're talking about the next three years, I really want to move overseas at some point. So investing in property is something that I just can't really, I guess, fathom at the moment. But for me, it's 100% just consistency. Every single month when the paycheck comes in, I put it into 
whatever I'm investing in at the time, whether it's an ETF or a stock that I have conviction in, some crypto. I just think if you have a date and an amount that you're always putting in, um, which obviously be reassessed depending on your circumstance and what's happening, but it keeps me so consistent. And it's really great when I think you're a new investor, you can look back, for example, on past three months six months year and be like oh my god look how much I've put in over that time because I was consistent and it's kind of like that motivator yeah I guess you know obviously on top of the podcast I mean you know I don't know how many individual stocks you pick but I guess for our listeners as well I think a lot of people know how to start investing but it then comes to how would you you know individual stock pick or how do you choose which crypto to invest in and I mean for both of you, I know obviously you said your partner's quite heavily, you know, invested in the stocks, but what kind of resources would you be looking at in order to research stocks yeah. and ETFs? You know what's funny? My partner actually hardly invests anymore. Oh, he really? Literally, like, it's so funny. Like, he's, he's had other priorities and he's just, you know, not invested. And it's so funny because he always, like, talks to me and he still helps me because he works in finance and we talk about it. But it's just so funny because he's like, you build up your investment portfolio. I'll try and catch up later. Like, yeah. he tries. Yeah. It's just so funny because he helped me get into it and then he kind of has just taken a break for a while. Yeah, good. Yeah. So he's relying on you now. Yeah, exactly. He's like, Bread when winner. can I, like, retire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. I think Soph and I, and I I'm, no, I can speak for both of us because we listen to all the same podcasts, but we yeah. love like learning from podcasts and so we've got sort of a run of news podcasts daily news podcasts that we listen to quite regularly and I think what can be quite underrated with investing is like this combination of having a good understanding of like the world and the economy and culture which you can get from the daily news but then actually just like thinking about yourself as a consumer and sort of taking in the world around you and thinking about like, okay, well, I'm a user of this product. Like, is there an investment opportunity here? Or is there a product that me and all of my friends are using and we really love? And like, you know, that might be representative of the fact that sales are going to be going up a lot in the next few months and therefore it might be a really good investment opportunity. And I think when you sort of combine your own perspective with like a really good understanding of sort of what's going on in the world around you, that's where you know, and that is not anything to do with, you know, having a finance degree or working in finance or being an investor professionally. Um, I think that's where there can be a lot of great value. And really, like, you know, that's anyone can do that. Um, so we love our news podcasts. We listen to the Squiz, What the Flux, FT News Briefing. Um, what else am I missing? So <laughs> the Journal, anything yeah. by The Economist. Um, yeah. <laughs> these names sound really boring, but like they have some really cool topics and they talk about companies that everyone knows and loves. There's so. also this great and also, podcast called Your Own Good Company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've heard of that one before. <laughs> Oh God! And also, um, <laughs> like, business, shut up. business wars. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah, very well produced and has great um, insights into different industries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, for me myself, I'm a lot more invested into the cryptocurrency space. I guess um, it sounds like than you guys are. And I think, in terms of that particular market, the game's really changed in terms of how you get your news and how you get your information. So. We did a uh, couple of episodes on yeah. cryptos and 
basically a lot of my knowledge comes from, believe it or not, Twitter and following, mm. you know, um, the right people, hopefully, um, on Twitter and even YouTube, to be fair, um, if you find the right people that are speaking, just listening to kind of the macro space and what happens um, kind of, um, yeah, in the US and in the regulatory space and whatnot, I think, you know, that's something that I would never have thought about when I first started, maybe, you know, all those years back, you know, um, looking at individual equities, it was always looking at reputable, you know, news sources and thinking about what's going on in the world through kind of the lens of something like The Economist or the AFR. But now it's, it's completely changed. You have, you know, the Bitcoin Everywhere. fear and greed indicator and things like that and all these different oh, charts, the fear and greed indicator. Oh, I really get involved <laughs> in crypto. I just hate all this head noise. I'm such an emotional investor. So <laughs> I can't, I invest it's in what's crypto. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I invest in crypto, but I kind of steer clear of it because I'm just, yeah, I'm no good. <laughs> <laughs> you just have, but sometimes it's good because you just have to shut off the noise yeah, and no. just think long term and you know let the let the investments play out but um but yeah i think um from our perspective um i think we've covered everything um thanks you know so much for your time um sophie and maddie um did you have any questions for us or did you have anything else that you wanted to kind add. of learn from us or add to I do want to put you on the spot a little bit here. <laughs> you said it. just then, and it got me thinking because I feel like like I'm really enjoying sort of dabbling a little bit in crypto and have put a very small amount of money in and just sort of seeing how it goes. Um, you said before that you're learning a lot from Twitter and if you follow the right people. And I guess like I would love to do that, but my, I'm like, how do I know who's right? How do I find the right people? <laughs> I should really share my funny story on this, but I'm just not going to <laughs> Yeah, probably not. Um, no, I think uh, it's so hard because I really got into crypto early last year. So I rode the whole bull market up and, you know, when times are rosy, everyone's happy and, and talking about yeah. things. But throughout that time, you know, you kind of start listening to kind of quote unquote figureheads that, uh, within the space that have a special niche. So someone like, I don't know if you guys know a Michael Saylor, who's the CEO of MicroStrategy. Yeah. He's a big Bitcoin maximalist and he loves everything about Bitcoin, talks about it as it's the next, you know, it's the greatest thing of all time, yeah. you know, digital gold, store of electricity, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you, you have different people and I think you kind of just slowly start to when you listen to people, you can really start to pick out which ones. Maybe it's more of a bias because these are the people that you kind of agree with, but at the same time, mm. they are very technically sound. They're very, um, they're very knowledgeable and they have a lot of experience. So, um, you know, for example, I don't follow any technical analysis, which is just for anyone that doesn't know, just looking at charts and drawing triangles you got your yeah. you know ascending triangle descending triangle <laughs> but i almost feel like with crypto not it's not relevant because like crypto is so you know like elon musk puts a tweet on um or like yes. a tweet yes. on twitter and it affects you know the price of bitcoin and whatever else so i just feel like technical analysis when it comes to crypto is not overly relevant i mean i used to always see on twitter like you know these the technical analysis and yeah. oh it's coming out of the bear market and the bull market and and no one's ever right. So I think it's just. <laughs> yeah, you're right. yeah, it's crazy. Like you can just draw a couple of squiggles. Yeah, you know? people might listen to you. Yeah, it's insane. But going back to your original question, Maddie, I might just drop a couple of names. So like someone like a Raul Pal is big on Ethereum. Uh, I think he's uh, Real Vision CEO. Like so he, they, they, these guys all have their own investment companies. Um, and, and then, you know, you have Willy Wu who's looking at on-chain metrics 
funny name, but actually really, really good content coming out of <laughs> me. Um, then you have, you know, Lynn Olden, who's a, a strong kind of um, investment analyst. Kathy Wood and ARK Invest, um, they do a lot on, oh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of cryptos. I think she's getting absolutely slammed lately by all forms of the media, all sections yeah. of the media, because her funds are down like 40 <laughs> They came out yesterday, I oh, know, poor Kathy, and they yeah. basically said that her ETF is the worst performing fund basically yeah. available. Yeah, um, but it was like yeah, the best performing fund last year. Last so, year, yeah. I know. I know, so I know. how quickly... But also, we, we saw like, um, you know, media come out about it as well and say that even though it's down at the moment, a lot of younger investors aren't mm. selling off her fund yeah. because they're like, we've all got long-term conviction and we've all got time on our side. So everyone can see Doesn't what these companies are going to be doing in the future or their worth, potential worth in the future. And so I think that's a really, really powerful thing that there's no crazy sell-offs because of, I guess, how the market's going at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, Just absolutely. Good. Like we said, cautiously. Can you tell we love Kathy? Yeah. Yeah. No one be mean to Kathy. (laughs) I don't know if you if you guys have any other questions or anything you wanted to add, but um no, all good. Thank you so much for having us on today, guys. We absolutely love chatting with anyone who is trying to make this (laughs) anyone who will listen. Yeah. Yeah. More accessible. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing and what we're doing, and hopefully we can all bring bring our communities together.